I was at a, uh, a wedding yesterday and uh, late into the evening, I see some of you who were there as well. I'll throw something if you nod off a little bit later, do the same for me. Um, and uh, it's, it's this, this, this concept of love is an interesting concept in our world today, isn't it? And if you think about love songs uh, that we, we talked about a few minutes ago, so much of that is driven uh, toward emotion and feelings. Love as emotion and love as feeling. Something that you fall into and can also fall out of. And when the Bible talks about love, it talks about love in a very different way. And it doesn't just talk about love as some sort of uh, idea or philosophy. It talks about love centered on a person. Love personified is Jesus. And so when God wanted the world to understand this concept, he didn't just give us philosophers to speak about it and songwriters, as important as they are, the Lionel Richies of this world, the Katy Perrys of this world, those, those who are able to, to capture in lyrics something that we have a hard time communicating. God didn't just give us writers, philosophers, theologians. He gave us Jesus as the perfect image of love. Now, I'm, I'm going to say just a couple things that may um, ruffle some feathers. As I look at the state of our world today, we have bought into a concept and an idea that we as humans sit on different sides of issues and therefore we dehumanize one another by the things that we think or say. And the rhetoric is getting so old, is it not? I mean, are you with me? Are, are you with me on this a little bit? I mean, now, now, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's important to discuss issues, to, to talk about politics, uh, to, to talk about rules. All that is, that, all that is important. But anytime we dehumanize other people based on something that they think or believe that may be different than us, anytime that we dehumanize them based on those things, we have failed to enter into what God calls us to as followers of Jesus, and that is people of great love. And so for the next few weeks, we want to get uh, focused on what it means to become people of love. We want to learn to love. Can you go with me there for the next few weeks? Will, will you, will you kind of ride the train and, and be a part of it? And I, I see you nodding, so we're going to like take your name and you're in on, on this thing. As a, as, as a church, this is, this is our, and I think it's important that we talk about this. I say it every week. You get tired of it. This is who we are. This is our identity. We are a community. And, and what that means 
is that we are a group of very diverse people with different ideas and concepts and even some different beliefs about God. There is a wide range of beliefs about God in this room. And yet we value and respect one another because of the concept of love that Jesus has modeled for us. And we walk together. We journey together. I say things every now and then that you disagree with. I mean, you send me emails. It's awesome. We can, we can converse about those things. And, and you still come. You have a lot of grace for me, and I appreciate that. And you know what? I am not today who I will be in 10 years, and you aren't either. Our ideas, our thoughts, all of these things change. But the concept of love is the thing that lasts forever. There is no end to the love God has given us. And I'm not talking about feelings and emotions. I'm, I'm talking about something much, much deeper than that. So we are this community of people, different ideas, different places, different backgrounds. All of us have baggage. Um, how many people in this room today would admit that you have some baggage in your life? Anybody? And, and, if, and if, you, if you don't raise your hand to that question, then you have baggage because you're a liar. And, <laughs> and you're in church and God sees you. All of us have baggage. We all are broken. We all have challenges and issues. We're a community of people. And, and here is our, this is what we're trying to get laser focused on is, is what it means to follow Jesus. What it means to follow Jesus. Do we, do we follow the Bible? Well, we, we do follow the Bible in as much as it displays Jesus to us. I told you I was going to ruffle some feathers. I'll ruff, ruffle just a few. Do, do, we, do, we, do we follow Matt? Well, in as much as Matt is following Jesus, maybe. Do we follow the board? In as much as the board is following Jesus, yes, because Jesus is the point of it all. And if we miss Jesus, we miss everything, right? So we are a community following Jesus, getting laser focused on what it means to follow him. And at the heart of Jesus's message is the message and expression of love. And so we are learning to love. We're learning to love. And um, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, more times than I, I, I would like to admit, I love myself too much. And I become too concerned with the things that I want rather than what others might need. My love is misplaced too often. You know what will help you when you get stuck in that rut? Have kids. That changes everything. <laughs> I'm not telling you to go have kids. But I mean, when you have kids, it just it changes your perspective on things. You can no longer be the center of your own universe, um, or, or you, can't, you can't do that in a very healthy way. And, and, and so that begins to change everything. We want to learn what it means to love in a way that Jesus showed us. So we're learning to love. A um, couple quick questions just to reset our minds on this, this one concept that I think is so important as we, as we move into this month of love. We're going to call it the month of love, the go love month, month of May, the month of love. My dad probably wouldn't love that title. Um, but anyways, month of love. Here we go. Um, 
if, if I wanted to, and we've talked about this before, if I wanted to run a marathon, so some of my friends back in Oklahoma City today, they're running the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. They, it's, it's an awesome marathon. If I wanted to, like yesterday, fly to town and run that marathon, and I thought to myself, I am going to try as hard as I can to, to run this 26.2 miles. Do you think I could finish that marathon? Yeah, I might be able to finish it. So I, I love your confidence in me. <laughs> It's encouraging to me this morning. I, I could try as hard as I want to try, and I may be able to finish if I walk a lot, and, it, and if they open the, the, the finish line for like eight hours, I might be able to finish. But, but if I trained to run that marathon, I could easily go and run that marathon. There is a huge difference in just trying and training. Training versus trying. And it, it's the same thing when it comes to love. Sometimes we have to train ourselves to love other people. We, we try, we try, we try, but we've got to train so that when the opportunities arise, we're able to actually love other people. Does that make sense? Is that concept, does that make sense to you? Yeah, training versus trying. So we're going to train this month in what it means to love other people. Now, the most important commandment, Jesus said... You know this one. Um, we're just going to spend a couple of minutes on a couple of different passages, but you know this one. The, the religious leaders came up to Jesus. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to get him to say something crazy. And they said, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus says, the most important commandment, love God with everything you are. You know, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, with everything you are, just, just love God. And, and, but Jesus doesn't let him off the hook. And he says, but the second thing is equally important. Like these two things are so tied together. You cannot separate these things one from the other. Love your neighbor. And then Jesus says something almost revolutionary when he says, everything in the prophets, and those were the scriptures of the day, you know, the Old Testament, the Torah, everything in the law and the prophets hinges on these two things. Loving God and loving others. Some would say that, like, if you don't love others, there is no possible way that you love God. Like, the way that this is made manifest in the world is the way that you interact with the people around you. Um, you ever heard of a guy named Bob Goff? Anybody? He is crazy. Like, look up Bob Goff. Um, crazy. He used to be a lawyer. He would, he would just go to like Disney over in LA and just kind of hang out. And that's where he would set his meetings with people. I mean, just a crazy guy. He's awesome. Wrote a book a couple years ago. And then he, he wrote this book um, called Everybody Always. And we've got some copies out in the lobby if you want to pick one up. We don't make any money off that or anything. We just sell them to you for what we get them for. If you want to, to jump into this idea, subtitle, Becoming Love in a World Full of Setbacks and Difficult People. I think he was thinking about me when he said difficult people, but um, this is what he says. Jesus talked to his friends a lot about how we should identify ourselves. He said, he said it wouldn't be what we said we believed or all the good that we hoped to do one day. Like this isn't how we identify ourselves as followers of Jesus. Nope. He said we'd identify ourselves simply by how we loved people. And here's the little piece I get caught up on. It's tempting to think there's more to it. Isn't, isn't it tempting to think there's more to it, to identify ourselves as followers of Jesus? But there's not. This is it. Jesus said, this is it. This is, this is the mark. This is the distinguishing mark 
of every follower of Jesus, it's love, period. It's love. That's it. The distinguishing mark of every follower of Jesus is love. And so one of the most difficult questions we have to wrestle with as people, as humans living in this world who say that we're following Jesus is this, am I marked by love? Am I marked by love? So if I just ended right there, are you marked by love? When people see you, do they see love? My guess is you would have a huge question. What does love look like then? Like, like what do you mean am I marked by love? What does it look like? What, what is that expression that other people can see? How, does, how is that made manifest? And so Paul in the New Testament, Paul was one of the first Christians. And he gives to uh, this, this group, this church, this community like, uh, like us, very distinguishing marks and measures for what it looks like to be a person of love. Now, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard this verse repeated. But the context of this verse has nothing to do with marriage. It kind of does, but it, it has nothing to do with marriage in, in, the, in, the, in the piece that it's a, a marriage ceremony. It has everything to do with how a church should go about living as a community. And here's what he says. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is patient and love is kind. Pause. Okay. Are you marked by love? Let's just stop right there. Those two, in and of themselves, are you marked by love? Anybody struggle with patience? I saw some of you looking at your watches already. It's like... <laughs> and Paul just says, look, love, this is what love looks like. In a community of people trying to do life differently than the rest of the world, love is patient. You got to be patient with one another and kind with one another. Love is not, this is helpful for me, hopefully it's helpful for you. These are some like don't do kind of things. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not irritable. And I tell you this every week, please do not hit anybody with your elbow right now. That's not helpful. Um, love is not these things. And the challenge for us is that these things are so natural to our world. Somebody, somebody gets in my way. I love myself so much that you get in my way. It gives me the right to be rude to you. You cut me off in traffic, then that gives me the right to swing in front of you, cut you off, and slow down. Not that I've ever done anything like that. <laughs> right? right? Like, like we have this love for ourselves at a level that it, it gives us the freedom to be these things to other people. I'm irritable, but it's only because of you that I'm irritable. It's because of what you have done that I'm irritable. And, and Paul says, no, 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 love, you know, love is patient. It's not irritable, regardless of what other people do. And then he kind of comes to the last little piece of this 1 Corinthians 13. He says, love rejoices Whenever the truth wins out, love celebrates the truth. It never gives up. Like love never gives up. Like 
I'm never going to give up on you. I, I'm, I, I mean, you've, you've let me down a thousand. I'm never going to give up. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. Um, don't those people in life drive you crazy, the ones who are always hopeful? Like the, the glass is always too full. Like, but that's, that's a picture of love. Always hopeful, looking forward to what could be. And it endures through every circumstance. This is love. This is what love looks like. And so the question, are we marked by love, becomes a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? When you begin to put some words around it, some attitudes and some actions. And some of you, like me, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for the next few weeks because I don't, I don't want to dig into these kind of things. I'm happy with my life. I like being rude to other people. I'm good at it. Like, I'm pretty good at being rude. And you might say I'm good at being boastful because I just said I'm good at being rude. And patience is overrated. I mean, it's really overrated. It's not, it's not very fun. And so I don't know if I, I want to be a part of this. But Jesus, back to Jesus, he said, no, this is, this is the thing. This is the one thing. That if you want to distinguish yourself as a follower of mine, not even if you want to, if you are a follower of mine, these are the things, these are the attitudes, these are the actions that will begin to naturally flow out of you. But it's not done by trying harder. These things begin to flow out of us when we train, when we train in the act of love. It's these practices that begin to fill us and then flow out. Um, something else that Bob said uh, last last quote from, from the book. Um, he said this, arguments won't change people. I could probably stop right there. Arguments won't change people. Not face-to-face -face and not on Facebook. Like arguments will not change people. Simply giving, and, and this is the other end of the spectrum. Some people just say, hey, um, as long as we give away kindness, like I never have to actually say anything. As long as I live a good life, people will see Jesus in me. No, like that, that's not what we're called to do either, to be like silent witnesses and just by the way we live. Now, that's good to live a life that reflects Jesus, but it's not just giving away kindness all the time. There's, there's, there's more to it than that. And I love that he like has both ends of the spectrum there. Arguments won't change people. Just being nice, kind won't change people. So then what will change people? Here it is. You ready? The secret. Only Jesus can change people. Only Jesus. Only Jesus has the power to change people through his Holy Spirit. And it will be harder to see Jesus if their view of him is blocked by our big opinions. <laughs> I love that. Like the, the, the more focused I am on making sure everybody knows what I think about little things or big things could possibly be the biggest roadblock for people seeing Jesus in me. Whoa. Because I like to post the things that I believe on Facebook. But my opinions have the potential of actually keeping people away from Jesus. Now, that'll mess with us a little bit. For the, the time we have left kind of one passage of scripture I just want to walk through. And if, if you want to like dig into the concept of love in a New Testament way, 
First John is the book to go to. First John is near the end. It's so short. Like if you haven't been around church and you haven't been around the Bible, you, you'll miss it if you're just flipping through the, the pages. So go to the table of contents. It helps you like with, with what page number, and, and then you can go straight to it. First John is a short little book, but it zeroes in on the concept of love. And the piece that I want to look at today comes from chapter four. And um, it's, it's this incredible picture and then almost this uh, spur to live in cer- a certain way because of what that does for the people around us. Um, John's writing. Sometimes people ask me why I just put 1 John chapter 4 and I don't actually put the verses that are there. Have you ever wondered that? Um, Sheldon, who helps out in the parking lot and he's out in the lobby, um, he's all the time, he's given me a hard time. And, and you know what I tell him? It's because I want you to read the whole chapter. I, this isn't the Cliff Notes version. I'm not going to just tell you the one verse. Like, you got to read the whole chapter to find. Anyway, that's why I do that. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. So he's given us this picture that anytime we love each other, it's because of who? It comes from where? It comes from God, yeah. Let us continue to love each other, because love comes from God. God showed us how much he loved us. He continues and he says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. So we might have this full life through him. In other words, the the picture of God's love that he's given us is a love that gives sacrificially. He he gives his one and only son. Does that make sense? For God... The act of love is a sacrificial act of giving. He gives his one and only son for the benefit of those who receive, for those who receive the gift, right? So he keeps going. This is real love. Not that we have loved God. I mean, don't get lost in the idea that that, that real love is, is me kind of hunkering down and reading my Bible and doing my devotional time and going to my service project. Mm, I'm going to work and try as hard as I can. This isn't real love. This is real love uh, that he loved us. It, it's, the, it's the root of all love, him sending his son as a sacrifice. Sacrificial, honest, real giving. And then here's the piece in this whole chapter that messes with me. No one has seen God. Go on to the next, not the next one, but two slides down. No one has seen God. No one's ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. Now, some of you are like, why would that mess with you? Because it is this stark reminder that in this world, among the people who live in this world, who are wondering if God exists, the one place where God is made manifest is in the way that his people love. Like the expression, the picture of God in this present world is you and me. And that, that 
is a stark wake-up call, a spur, a, a, a reminder that, that if I don't love, it's quite possible that the people I interact with on a daily basis will never see God in this world. The way God has chosen to make himself known in this world today is through you and me. Some of you, you're like, God made a huge mistake. <laughs> That's what he chose, to make himself known through imperfect people like us. And if we don't learn how to love in practical, tangible ways on a daily basis, it is quite possible that the people around us will never get a, a clear picture, an expression of who God is. What I found in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is uh, an interesting city. Barna does all these studies on cities around the country. We're one of the, the least church cities. We're one of the most biblically illiterate cities. Did you know that? We shouldn't be proud of that, but we're one of the most biblically illiterate cities in the entire country. And what I found here is that most people are not opposed to God. They're just unaware of him. Most people in our city, I, I, I don't run across people. I don't sit down and talk with people. Maybe, maybe you do, people who are, who are adamantly opposed to God. I don't, I don't find a lot of people opposed to God. I find a lot of people who are just unaware of God. And what that tells me is that we're not doing our job. We're not doing what God's called us to do. If they're unaware of God, it's not their fault. It might be our fault. Because we haven't lived in such a way that makes God known, makes God love come to full expression in us. I like that phrase, full expression. People will begin to see and experience God when we become people of sincere, sacrificial love. People in the world will begin to see and experience God when we become people of sincere, sacrificial love. And it's tough to do that when we love ourselves too much. So here's the deal for the next month. Um, in Hebrews, they said this, uh, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So that's what we're going to do this entire month. We're going to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So grab your, your uh, Go Love folded brochure. And we want you to hold on to this. And if you didn't get one when you came in, get one when you leave today. Pick one up. And there's just a few things that I want to point out as we walk through this. Um, number one, when you walk out into the lobby, you will see a huge map across the lobby. I know some of you like to slip out these side and back doors. Go through the lobby today. Do that. Do that. We'll even let you out early here in a couple minutes. Um, go through the lobby. There's a huge map. And we have stickers that look like this little pin drop. And we, what we want you to do is mark, like take the sticker and put a sticker where you live and then put another sticker where you work or where you go to school or where you spend the rest, you know, the, kind of the rest of your time. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Um, not all the, some, somebody already stopped me and said, my road's not on the map. <laughs> we got as many roads on the map as, as we could based on what we had, but... If your road is not on the map, like find your place and put it there anyway. And people will think you have a Jeep and that you're awesome. Like that you, like you don't need a road. 
right? So just put the, put, put the pin, drops here, pin drops there. And here's what I think we're going to begin to see. We're going to begin to see on that map a picture of God's vision to spread love through our city, through Fountain Hills, through Scottsdale, and through Phoenix. But we need your help to do this. We want to see what it would look like if we're all little lights of love throughout our, where our homes are. Somebody stopped me already this morning too and said, we have a neighbor that we don't even know who it is who lives right down the street. They already put, like, I can't even put my sticker there because their sticker's covering up my house. And so I'm like, you need to figure out who that neighbor is. Like, connect with them. It could be a good thing. So, so today, stop by, mark the map, join a project. So on the front of this, we have 300 spaces available. So projects that cover 300 people. And here's the, here's the risky thing. We already committed to them. So we need you to jump in and be a part of a project. All these projects, um, you can go online, mcdowell.church slash go love, and register for the project. So pick a project. Uh, if you have kids and you're wondering, what can I do with my kids? There's, there's a number of things, but the specific thing I would point you to is feed my starving children, because kids from the age of five and up can be a part of that project. Feed my starving children. If, if there are no projects that match your schedule, we have a water drive the entire month of May to help provide clean water for those in our city without homes. So you can bring water on Sundays. Be a part of that. There's a, there's a toy drive going on through Mountain Kids. There's uh, Student Life. They're doing uh, a shoe drive. So you can be a part of that. There's a number of drives that you can get in on. Also out in the lobby today, there's a, over by the connection area, there's these strings with little cards on them. And what we're going to do this month is we're going to pack uh, these, these great uh, packs for homeless people in our city that we can then distribute through the summer. And, and it's simple things, toothbrushes, um, lip balm, which they need in the summer. I mean, just simple things and ways that we can get out. So stop by and grab a couple of those and, and, and buy those. So, so there's a number of ways to, to jump in and be a part of that. And then I said it this way, go freestyle. Some of you are like, what does that mean? We have freestyle opportunities on the back. So if, if, if there's nothing on the front that you, you want to do or that you feel like matches you, like there's some freestyle opportunities there. Habitat for Humanity, the First Step Drop-In Center, Feed by Starving Children, all kinds of things. And then if, if you can't do the freestyle opportunities, neighbor it up. Like love your neighbor like no one else. Like do something for your neighbor. Bring in their trash cans. Like make them a pie, especially if I'm your neighbor. Or do things for your neighbors and love them in just very practical ways. What are some things that you could do to help your neighbor? Now, we're going to do this through the entire month of May. And we're going to talk about what it means to love. And we're going to look at some stories of Jesus that help us understand it at another level the next three weeks. And as you do these things, take a couple pictures or a video and send them in. Like we, we want to see a picture. We, we want to get a glimpse of what it looks like when we all get intentional about loving other people. So are you in for the month? Are you with me? Yeah. Half of you? Awesome. Um, we want you to take the T-shirts and wear them. The way we're going to close today um, is, is through the video. Uh, 
I got a thumbs up. So we're going to close with a video that give us some glimpses of those who have found new life in Christ. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about new life in Christ. So, so check this out.